Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The available AKG 36 speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360 degree sound, so you hear studio sound on the road. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade never stop arriving. That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh yay! What a finish for 3 2 from Serge! welcome 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 again to another episode of touchland hotspurs and hot spur, shall I say, but it's been a crazy, crazy, crazy week. I feel like I'm starting every week like that now. And I love it. I actually love it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, let me say hi to the guys. And we've got a special guest with us today as well. But um, Sai, how you doing, man? You good? I'm good, man. I'm sleepy. These late nights are killing me, but all for the love. All for the love, man. For the love. Owen, how you doing? Yeah, very well, man. I was tempted to slip into my jammies before this, but I didn't feel like it was appropriate. And I was way too scared I would just go to sleep. So here I am feeling tired and damn mature. Speaking of um, jammies, Tops, how you doing, man? Yeah, I'm good, bro. <laughs> I'm not so bad today, bro. I'm good, man. All chilling, chilling, chilling. Good, 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 good. good. Toby, you feeling good? 
Yeah, man. I'm feeling great. Been a long week, but you know what? Spurs, it was a dreadful start to the week after last Sunday, but like I'm heading into this weekend with a big grin on my face. So, yeah. That's, the way. That's what I like to hear. And a special guest, Steve. How are you feeling this week, man? Yeah, man. We're, we're, we're doing good. It's funny. Like, I left tapping to get away from hearing Toby talk about Spurs and now I'm on a <laughs> bloody Spurs podcast. It's be crazy. Blessed, man. You should it's be blessed. It's the blessings, man. It's the blessings. <laughs> blessing you. Blessing us with your presence as well, Still Enjoying it. But you know, I think we should start. Let's start with the rough so we can end with the smooth. Like, let's start with the Newcastle game. Um, going into the game, I don't know about you guys, but I was quietly confident. I thought we could do a job against um, Newcastle. Uh, who wants to take us off with this one? I'll start here. Um, I, I thought we started really well. Uh, obviously, we had um, some news in the pre-match about Deli Ali not making a squad. Um, so the timeline was going off about that. Uh, but in the end, it looked like it was vindicated because we started pretty well. Um it was a bit of a weird lineup. We had uh what was it? We had Tongi playing again. Someone run us through the lineup. I'm I'm trying to <laughs> refresh my memory. So we had a, go on, go on, talks. So the lineup was Larice in goal. We had Oria right back. Uh we had Sanchez and Doherty, Doherty right back, yeah. Oh, so that's a Chelsea game last year. Yeah, Sorry, yeah, excuse yeah. me. So do you want me to do you want me to do it? So we had, yeah, we, had we had Doherty, um, Sanchez, Eric uh, Dyer, Ben Davies, Harry Winks, Pierre, Emil Hoybier, Le Celso, Lucas Mora, Harry Kane, and then Sonny. Which is a really strong lineup. Um I mean, from my perspective, I, I thought I thought we started well and then something happened like going towards the 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 mid the middle of the game where it just started to die down a little bit. Like it felt like maybe we weren't going to get anything out of the game. Like, um, I don't know what you think, Sai. Yeah, it was, it was a strange one. Obviously we got the goal through Lucas Mora, which was a good, good start. We scored within the first 30 minutes, which is something we've sort of struggled to do. Um, I class that as quite an early goal considering we tend to start pretty slow and make our way into the game by the second half. Um, we were in we were in control uh, pretty much for the whole entire game. We sort of let our foot off the gas towards the second half, but it never really looked like Newcastle would do anything, especially considering the fact that they didn't have a single shot on target for the whole game. So um, it was a bit. It was one of those ones where I would have taken the one nil just by virtue of the fact that we controlled the game. We looked a lot more confident and assured. Um, but then, obviously, right at the end of the game, we get some, for lack of a better word, bullshit decision go against us. Um, two incidents where the ball gets headed at Dyer's arms um, with his back turned from about, what, a foot away. Um, the first one, not been, and the second one from a free kick that wasn't really even a free kick. Um Andy Carroll heads heads the ball down. Dyer with his back turned, natural arm position, basically word for word, letter of the law, uh, bad decision, and they get a penalty in the last kick of the game. 
um, to bring it to 1-1. So, yeah, a real downer. A real downer for a game that I felt could have galvanised both the fans and the players to sort of go into this run of having a lot of games to to really give us a little bit of momentum. But you live and you learn. Um, as a lot of people were saying, if you don't finish your dinner, then you get burnt. Um, I do feel like that's a little bit of that your butters anyway type of vibe. Like guys, guys basically just sitting there and finding ways to nitpick when they don't get the result they want. But yeah, man, it was a it was a bad result, all things considered. But at least we didn't lose. I think um, one more sort of bad thing that happened was the injury of Son, and I think um, I didn't even notice it during the match. Like I didn't know until the match was over. But I was wondering why he went off at half time, and. I felt going out of that match, like when I heard about his injury, I definitely felt that we would miss him. I mean, um, Berwin, Ndombele, and I think Lamella came on. All of them all of them did okay, I would say. I wouldn't say they did amazing, apart from Ndombele. Ndombele did pretty good. But um, I felt we would definitely go into the next matches missing Sun. Um, do you think there's anything we could have done better in that game in order to secure the win? It's only unfortunate in the sense that Kane didn't have the WAP that game. It was quite dry. He'll be disappointed. <laughs> um, yeah, like just just finishing the chances, to be honest. Yeah. Finishing our chances and having better ruling in place, that's the only thing we could have done better because even though we didn't score our chances, I was saying it um, on another pod I was on, I was on on Monday, I felt like we defended perfectly well like even if we tailed off and didn't create as many chances in the second half as we did in the first half we still created some goal scoring chances in the second half and more importantly we didn't let them have a sniff they didn't have a single shot on target until that penalty they had something like five attempts over the course of 90 minutes they didn't get close to, to troubling us so for us to lose in that manner was just a bitter pill to swallow. Not lose, sorry. For us to drop points in that manner was just a bitter pill to swallow because I actually, that was like one of the first games I've watched under Mourinho where I'm like, oh my God, like this is actually a proper complete performance. Like I know it's Newcastle, but like we ain't played like that at both ends um, for a long, long time under Jose Mourinho. I, I can probably count maybe two, three times max we've had a performance of that ilk. So it was just annoying for us to, to to have to to have that win snatched away from us like that, but generally speaking, I didn't think there was more the team could have done. I'm curious, Steve. Do you feel differently about that game? Like, um, how how do you feel about Spurs at the moment, especially at that game? Um, my honest thoughts are that I don't care about Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it would be something, you know. That's how I, took nah, I knew it would I'm be playing. something. I'm You're going to care about us on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I'm playing, I'm playing. Um, yeah, with Spurs, obviously, I'm, I'm looking at them because um, I think at the start of the season, or perhaps a few weeks before the start of the season, um, I, I didn't really regard them as major competition for this top four spot. Um, just because of the business they'd done up until that point, I didn't think was um, particularly effective and didn't fill the gaps they needed. And as um, Toby knows my thoughts, I think you've got a manager in decline. I mean, we took him in decline and you've taken him even even deeper in decline. So, um, but what I would say now is obviously he's gone out, he's got 
Levi's actually done the business this summer. He's got quite a few players, I think. Um, the striking position is one that you obviously need to reinforce and centre-back as well. But if I looked at that match against Newcastle, it's probably one of the better performances I've seen from uh, Jose Mourinho's team in, in recent years. And maybe it's a sign that he's kind of um, got some good squad harmony because the um, chairman has actually gone out and backed him this season. Um, yeah, I thought you were really unlucky to um, not to win that game. But then that's... Um, the sign of a top team, and obviously, like just judging by some of the episodes I watched of um, All or Nothing, I mean, like sometimes I feel like Jose's words hold true in that, like you lot, you don't finish off your your chances. You're not like you're too almost too nice. I just think yeah. you need that ruthlessness of a top side that obviously Liverpool went out and found themselves doing over the course of the last two seasons, just to completely kill off games and just be ruthless. So. I think that I don't know whether it's the competitiveness streak or just like the the desire to win at all costs. I think is is probably still lacking a bit um, in that side. But I think the signs um, certainly on the weekend were were promising. And considering how you lot have um, picked up points um, in this sort of crazy fixture run, I think yeah, done. He's done a pretty good job so far this season. I mean, um, going out of that match, I'm, I'm sure we can all agree everybody felt a little bit deflated, at least, by the penalty. I but, didn't. Um, you didn't? No. The Spurs fans. The Spurs fans. He's too busy celebrating that scumbaggery of a win. That is, <laughs> his dirty, stinking club snatched from Brighton. <laughs> wow, come on, man. Hey, moderator. United yeah. and referees. It's basically the same team, ain't it? <laughs> Facts. They will do well, always the do top, well to buy yourself a ref, man. <laughs> but so let's see, let's see. Going into um, the Tottenham Chelsea game, uh, Owen, do you want to take us with that one? Yeah, um, go for it. I mean, I called it even in the pre match. I've seen the lineup. Obviously, we lined up with uh, the five at the back with no like out and out number nine. Um, it was such like a almost bipolar performance where see Lamella was one of the worst players I'd ever seen in my life in the first half. Regulon um, went into Ben Davis's locker and stole his socks, shin pads, and he wasn't really feeling it himself in the first half. And we, we just didn't know how to build play. Like I thought, or oh, I was hoping Sissoko and Jetson would kind of be that platform for Ndombele ended up the other way around and Ndombele was dropping deeper than them because he was the only one that wanted the ball and like gradually Jetson uh, got better towards the second half and um, yeah second half wait, comes wait, wait. and with right, I have to pause there <laughs> did you just say Jetson got better in the second half what was better <laughs> <laughs> what was, was better actually about? Huh? <laughs> I'm struggling to find what was so I was going to ask so like, what, 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 I didn't think Jetson was bad but like Sissoko oh, just didn't want any part of it like Jetson was actually yeah I thought he was tidy like I didn't think he was amazing he weren't even tidy Owen come on let's be real man he's got what did he do wrong you know the thing is what it's not about what what did he do wrong what did he do right because he's not he doesn't add anything when he plays it's li... he pressed Genuinely... while he got on the ball like, <laughs> I'm not saying he was spectacular but man like 
I actually feel I'm I, comparing him to Sissoko. I can't <laughs> lie. No, I don't get me. I mean, I mean so, no, sorry, sorry. Let, let, let me you finish, you finish. Sorry. My I, I like I like where that was going though, man. Like, <laughs> just, I'm sorry. I'm I'm trying to figure out. All right, so do, do we all agree that at least huh. that the, the performance changed at half time? Like the team on a whole looked better after half time. Yeah, yeah. Like, what, 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 what changed half-time. at half time, boys? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, what, Mostly what, urgency. What do you think Mourinho said, though? Like, what, what happened there? Nah. Well, it was interesting because in that first half as well, you can look at Chelsea and be like, Chelsea had a lot of the possession. You know, they seemed to be in control of the game. They scored. But even with all the possession and, you know, the one goal that they got from, you could arguably call it a regular mistake, they didn't really do that much. And right. if anything, I actually felt that we got back into the game in the second half purely because we got into the game. I, I felt that we weren't even in the game in the first half. We were very, very pedestrian. We allowed players like Kovacic and, and Jorginho to, to hold the ball and to kind of dictate in which like the pace of the game went. And actually, the minute we kind of got into the game, we started pressing those specific players and started applying pressure on their defence, it almost seemed to just, everything that like, that like rock exterior that they apparently had just seemed to fall away. And every single attack that we seemed to build, especially in that first sort of 15, 20 minutes, was paying off. I actually, I actually was thinking, even though it went to penalties, after 1-1, there's no reason with Kane on the pitch, with Lucas on at that point, um, and Dombele, uh, there's, there's no reason why we couldn't have Next day, yeah. won, won that game so you know the fact that it got to penalties and we were able to to win it is like you know people will say oh it's 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 only the Carabao Cup and it's penalties but for Tottenham fans I think it's less I won't say it's a like a shift change but it's more so like you could arguably say this game on the Pochettino we wouldn't have even got to to penalties we maybe have lost that but actually the squad which was arguably up against a I'd say a three quarters sort of full strength Chelsea side were able to get themselves back into the game and they were mentally strong to make sure that all of their penalties they put away and took us through to the next round and now you know we've, we've been blessed with a decent away fixture in what was quite a difficult sort of group of teams in that uh, in that draw away to Stoke so I think they can be proud like sometimes people talk about Mourinho being defensive and being negative and yeah rightly so in that first half we probably were a little bit you know we, we didn't put a glove on them we were too slow we gave them too much respect when you know they didn't really deserve it and the minute we got into them it, it opened up for us which which I'm really happy about and that's not even our first team as well which is even more so mm. makes me kind of happy as well a dire situation <laughs> what do you what do you reckon what do you reckon caused the the, the um upset stomach? Do you reckon he drank uh, drank some Carabao before um listening to your takes on Winks? On the pit. Again, any sponsorships after that one? <laughs> no, um, to to touch on the the first half uh, or the whole game, to be perfectly honest, I thought this this for me was a good example of Jose getting back into a bit of a rhythm in terms of making high detail changes over the course of a game. Um, what I noticed was in the first half, up until about 33, 34 minutes, Ndombele was playing on the left of the three in midfield. Yeah. Um, and I was crying out for him to be placed in the centre with Sizoka and Jetson flanking him mm-hmm. because it gives you a, a natural outball. Um, the game's all about triangles. So if 
the centre-backs can't actually progress the ball forward in central positions, then they become easy to defend against. And we kept seeing him getting pinned on the on the touchline whenever he got the ball. Um, they made the change and Dombele dropped into the centre and we looked a lot more assured in our build-up. So going into the second half, the only real adjustment that needed to be made was the wing-backs needed to push up a bit higher up the pitch to press when Chelsea tried to play out from the back. And we just saw that it added a new dynamic where Tomori and um, Zuma struggled to actually string uh, any rhythm into the game. So um, such a small, minute change basically won, won us the second half. Um, and credit credit to Jose and the lads for executing. Yeah, I felt... Um, I felt... I agree as well. I agree with all of that. Um, credit will go out to him from me. I know it's, it's harder. I'm harder hearing with him and I don't really rate the guy, but <laughs> he will get my credit for that, to be honest. But um, I do also hear tops as well because fundamentally, irrespective of the changes he made, like there were just some players who just weren't in that game in the first half. Like Stephen Bergwijn, he was so poor in that first half, like loose touches, like too safe for the passing, and then second half, I know obviously you got taken off, but I really thought like we were, second half was more of the Steven Bergwijn that we're used to seeing. Like his hold-up play was getting better. His passing was, he was actually picking man out and he was actually driving at Chelsea as well. So um, I'm just happy that we showed Chelsea and we showed everyone that Chelsea, this Chelsea side, no matter who they put on the pitch, they're there to be got at. Like they're there to be got at. And I think that's a common, and I think that might be a common theme for Frank Lampard this season. I've been screaming it, for months now. I think he's overrated and I genuinely think that at some point in the season he's going to get the sack. He's Sherwood think... in disguise, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he's a he's bad manager but I just don't think he's... I don't think he's... I, I think he's nowhere near good enough to be managing Chelsea and I just think even with all these... with all the talent at his disposal he's going to find a way to cock it up, man. I mean, tops. Lucas Moura and Lamella. Oh man! <laughs> I thought I'd give it to you. <laughs> oh, do, you do you know what? Do you know what? Do you know what? Like, I, I know that I know there's certain Lamella stands in our in our in our little group. Yeah. But I'm sick and tired of this Don. Like, I'm just sick and tired because for me, you have this guy in this club seven years, in and out of the team. You know, doesn't really give us anything in terms of stats. So you. You're thinking, all right, if you ain't going to give us stats, you ain't give us goal assists, what are you giving us? Some some Spurs fans from corners will say, oh, he's giving us passion. But even that passion that he's given us, it's like, it's not translating on the pitch because I want him to be aggressive to win the ball. But if my man is aggressive to win the ball, but he doesn't <laughs> know who to pass it to or when to pass it, then I don't really want him on the ball. Just like similar to Lucas. Lucas is a very funny guy because this is a guy who's a Brazilian but doesn't appear to have tech. And this is what this is what actually vexes me. A Brazilian that doesn't appear to have tech. When he's on the ball, he looks like he's happy to constantly run down, down a, a tiny little alley. And when it is time to make the right decision on the ball, he's constantly breaking down attacks. And it's so frustrating because we constantly get into good areas where Kane might drop deep, Bergwin might drop deep. And we get the ball to people like Lamella and Lucas Moura. And all of a sudden, these guys are in prime positions to, 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 to try and progress the play and they just slow down or break up these transitions. 
what's even more frustrating for me is that in the last two games before tonight, these are the guys that have actually been important in the, in, in, the, in the way that they've scored the goals. And then obviously Labella scoring the goal, which, you know, rightly so, he probably deserved on... And he's got Did you see the part when you made the tackle and then tackled Sissoko? Wallace and Grummet on the pitch, like, they are thick. They are thick as pig shit, honestly, just, sometimes. Uh, I, I, just, I don't know. I, I just don't know where we can go as a football club with people like this. I like, they are good. They are squad, they are good squad players, but... I don't want to see these guys anywhere near the first eleven. I just, I just don't. And like someone like Lamella, man, we've had him for too long, him, man, and our our comeback on him and his comeback for us, it's just not been, it's not been good enough. Like Mora, I definitely have him because you know he has the ability to dribble. He is somewhat quick, and he does pop up with a goal here and there. So actually, I'm actually happy to keep him as a squad player. But but Lamella, man, he has, he has to go, man. He has to, and I'm not like there's lot there's not many players in the team that I'm like get rid get rid but I think his time is like up man like Bell came and went and this guy's still here like the same, <laughs> the same player man I just, I just... it's ridiculous so I kind of want to think I kind of want to think that commentator that mistake he mistook Lamella for Messi just as he scored. He might actually up his value a bit and make someone come in for a bid. Messi. I thought he said the cross was Messi. I don't know. But just the fact that he said that when a left-footed Argentinian player has had to score a goal. So, okay. I mean, to be fair, United are in the in the market for a white, right winger. We might be able to ship one of them. Hopefully, <laughs> so weird. They don't even need Again, one. But please have him. Pick your choice, Steve. <laughs> I'm not even going to dignify that over a response. At this point, anyone would do it, seems, for United. <laughs> the thing is, Ed yeah, Woodward wants to be Levy. Ed Woodward wants to be Levy quite badly as well. Oh, so okay. it would be interesting to be in a meeting with him. It will be like having dinner with Jay-Z. Yeah. <laughs> you, might as well take, you lot might as well take Lamella. You need a right winger. And trust me, he don't pull out on and off the pitch. So trust me. <laughs> he's, he's, he's one for you, isn't it, man? <laughs> Mm. Uh, yeah, no way. No thing. <laughs> it take Pogba's place, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> the way he's playing, people wouldn't even notice. Oh, the way he's playing. Pandemic P. Pandemic P. <laughs> boy. LeBill. We're not going to have me slander LeBill and... <laughs> <laughs> on an enemy pod. <laughs> What's your take? What's your take on him? Because I know, like, I don't want to put too much time on it. I guess on a on a Spurs pod, but I mean, he struggled under um, Mourinho, and a lot of people put it on Mourinho. So I guess, like, what's your take now? Like, what do you, like, what do you think? Um, you know what? Yeah, trying to unlock Pogba is like trying to get to um, level seventy on Call of Duty. It's like it's it's so long. We've tried so many different things. Like we've tried getting Fred in there. We've had McTominay. Um, now we've got Bruno. Now we've got Bruno and Matic. Like it seems like whatever combination it is, it's just not working for Pogba. Um, I did like this, like two. Like, I feel two ways about it. Like, one, a part of me says, like, yo, this guy's been at your club five years and you're still trying to get the best out of him. Like, um, a top, top talent would just rise to the top in it. Like they say, cream rises to the top in it. But 
Um, on the other side of things, uh, there are mitigating circumstances in that, yeah, I think the team was very poor when he first came in. Um, I think the current manager he's playing with is the, in terms of helping him play, is probably the best crop of players and the best manager he's had. But I still whoa, think he's whoa, playing. Whoa. Out. <laughs> yeah, because, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, let's not get into Mourinho. Uh, it was, yeah, it was Mourinho. Um, but um, yeah, I still think he's playing out of position. Like, he's, he's playing DM, and I think he's just got. Um, He's got too many. He's he's probably guilty of being pretty good at too many things, and so managers feel like they can play him in numerous positions. But I think the only position you can play him in is the position he was playing in at Juve, and he hasn't really played that for United with decent players around him. So, I mean, if he's poor, if he's playing well, we're still going to play him anyway. We almost have to. So I just hope he turns up against Spurs. To be honest. But he did have Corona, so maybe it's Corona so far this season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mitigating circumstances. Just throw that one in there, see what sticks. Yeah, in yeah, it. we've got to keep the excuses running. So. <laughs> um, this this weekend's performance was abysmal. Like it was, it was, it was terrible. I was yeah. Can you score a deflected goal during the week and everyone got gassed? Honestly. Oh, you shouldn't have sold. You shouldn't have. What was it? They were saying, "Oh, Pogba doesn't play in attacking positions," and they're showing like comps and shit. I'm like, bruv. Get a grip. Some guy was doing the most. He he was screaming so hard. I thought he popped a blood vessel in his video. He's like, oh, I, love Pogba. I was like, have some respect. Have some respect for yourself. It's sad, man. It's sad to see him go out like this, man. It's just because these guys man crush Mondays, isn't it? That's not bro. He's got too much drip. They they just feel like the drip. Bro. Honestly, he's just but he's just bringing vibes at the minute. Just I, yeah. So in in hindsight. Was Mourinho right? About Pogba? Mm. I, I, mm. I don't know. I think, I, so, think, no. I think he still needs to play. I still I still think like, yo, like just play him in his best position. Um, and and then let us cast um the the votes on him. But he needs to be doing more. Like this the the level of inconsistency that he's shown is is crazy. All right. Well, I think we've covered Chelsea. And then we can head into today's game, like, which, I mean, I thought the result was pretty crazy, to be honest. Like, I expected a lot, but maybe not this much. 7-2. Uh, practicing this one, though. 7 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you he's, drinking 7-up in celebration as well? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'll be buzzing all night, mate. Who, who wants to go for the pronunciation? I'll do it. Maccabi Haifa. Mahabi. Mahaim. You're a Spurs fan. Come on. Yeah, you lot got to be practicing on those names. You'll be hearing them all season. And you're going to be hearing them from January. You're going to be hearing them from February. You're going to be hearing them from February, you bum. After PSG jumped in. Look at you. I've got you. I've got you. I've got you like a bloody fish. These men are going to say Mbappe come outside again and then they're going to end up in Brooklyn. Maguire's got him in his back pocket. Don't worry about it. Oh, yeah. Got me at the back of the fridge. That's what he's got. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> um, where to start? Where to start with today's game? Um, C 
seeing Joe Hart's name on the team sheet, that never, <laughs> that never feels good to me. I don't know. Maybe I'm biased, but I don't know. That just scares me. Like, it doesn't seem like a good sign. Even um, when we played against Chelsea, I watched uh, Mourinho, like, before the game, and he said he picked Lloris to, to show the team that we were here to win. I thought that was interesting, like, psychologically. But, I mean, yeah, I don't know how you say that and then play hard in the next game. Like, he's he's crazy. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, um, yeah. I, I, thought, I have my man still. Um, do, but apparently he's... Apparently the club has put him up for sale because they want to try and raise some funds. Gazaniga. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. that's what I read today. So, him, Foyf, him, Foyf, and someone else are up Sess? for Oh, oh... Him for Vickers, and then um, Sesson, um, Jack oh, Aga yeah. up for loan, innit? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, let's say uh, he wants to take us. Do you want to take us forward, Owen? Um, yeah, yeah, go for it. Um, I can't believe, like, a lot of the players didn't exactly come out the blocks. I think the only one that really started off from the start was probably Ben Davis. Funnily enough, he's built on his performances against Newcastle. He had a solid game. Um, yeah, I think he must have been going in Regulon's locker. He got socks, shin pads, deodorant, did a little shoulder shake on the way out. And in the third minute, he's got his first assist out of two. He started great. Um, I wanted to see LaCelso so a bit sharper. He kind of got playing as after he scored the goal. Um, to me, it's like before we went two and up, we didn't look great, but it's it's business. It's done. Yeah. Um, I, I thought we could have done with Kane coming off a little bit earlier, maybe, but then I guess he did get mm. more goals in the game. Um, it's I don't know. It feels a bit worrying going into the weekend game. Like, will, will he play the whole game? Will we have another striker by then? Who knows? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't feel... I mean, Hoybier and Winks weren't particularly impressive I would I do wonder if it was in the back of their minds like okay game of the weekend let's just keep the intensity at like 80% or something like that I did find it funny how they kept on peppering Joe Hart's goal with just shot after shot from like 30 yards and they actually scored some super screamer as well I don't I mean, want to touch on the penalties that I, I thought that was just laughable as well obviously um and it was just pleasing generally to see Bergwijn and Delhi show some source because they really, especially Bergwijn as well, needs to be playing for his spot in the team. If Son's going to be injured on the weekend, I'd like Bergwijn to be as sharp as he was tonight. So, yeah, I mean, promising signs on that front. Definitely. Um, on the continuing the Lucas Moura watch, I guess he continued his... <laughs> Sad shaking his head, but... <laughs> He's continuing his little run of form. Like, Sai, what did you think of um, Lucas in that game? Mate, I, I don't want to be harsh because every every time this guy's name comes up, I can't I can't hide it, man. I, I can't deal with him starting. I just can't. Like these these type of games is all right, but the problem is is every every goal that he scores, every assist that he scores, or even every dribble or tackle he completes, just is a notch for Jose to play him more. And it's it's pretty frustrating because realistically, he's he's a bit of a clumsy clumsy little brother type of vibe. Like you you sort of give him the ball because you feel a little bit bad for him, and he might do something, and then he's jubilant when he scores. 
but realistically he's just not good enough to start as many games that he does um obviously with with Delhi coming back into the team with the Celso getting a couple of goals and Bergwijn looking a lot more involved in in every in every sense of the word um it does give me a glimmer of hope that we'll find a way to shoehorn Lucas out but yeah man like if 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 he's going to continue scoring cool but yeah man we got to find a way to get him out of the squad cuz it's it's irritating I think we've I think with Lucas Mora um we are now I think the whole fan base are now aligned in the fact that he's purely an impact player the majority of us don't want to see him start in fact all of us don't really want to see him start in any sort of meaningful matches but that being said he was actually tonight he was actually quite good I know obviously we're playing bums from Jerusalem or whatever but he was actually he was actually quite good tonight and um and yeah, like even his use of the ball, his dribbling with the ball, I, I didn't even actually see, I didn't see his goal. But like tonight he played with, he played with something which he doesn't normally play with at times. He played with purpose, like his his usual boneheadedness ways wasn't really on show tonight. But that being said, like you said, when Gareth Bell gets fit, when Sonny's fit, hopefully with Steven Bergwijn playing more, getting more confidence, um, we really want to see this guy as like a fourth choice. Like he should not be, he should not be, <laughs> he should not be like even in Jose Mourinho's mind when everyone's fit. So that- the in-dash OLED display in the Cadillac Escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display. So why do we give it a curve too? I guess you could say we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade never stop arriving. The in-dash OLED display in the Cadillac Escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display. So why do we give it a curve too? I guess you could say we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade never stop arriving. That's the way I see it happening and that's the way I'm hoping it will happen. I'm hoping the same thing, but um, a part of me feels like as well, there's this possibility where I was watching like an interview with Bell and he was talking about he feels he could play through the centre as well. So there's that worrying feeling that maybe he might play Bell in the middle somewhere and keep Lucas on the right. Um, I don't know. I don't know how everyone else feels, but with Ali coming back in as well, it, it does make an interesting conversation. Do you guys think Ali's felt that sort of push now that he has to make a claim, make a case, because I felt I saw so much urgency from him today. The one-touch passes, like times where he would dwell on the ball or make poor decisions, he seemed to just be sharp today. Do you think that's a result of Mourinho or do you think it's something else? Just poor position maybe? I think it's a combination of multiple things. I I, I do think our fan base latches on to certain narratives mm-hmm. uh, without mm. without ever really considering the things that are tangible fact. Fact of the matter is, is this kid's played just as much, if not more, football than Harry Kane over the last couple of years. International tournaments, games for us. He's always been in the team. So where where his trajectory might have plateaued a little bit, a new manager's come in, he's been shoehorned into different roles. The break from playing and the sort of realization that he needs to buckle down and and really start to look at what the next stage of his career looks like these things can all be true it's not 
it's not a one size fits all type of situation with him. I think there are multiple components and he's starting to figure out like, okay, cool. I need to, I, I need to reinvigorate myself and maybe focus on developing as a player again. Do you think he start he gets a shout ahead of like Lucas or Lamella for the next games or every day of the week? Every day of the week. Like that little bit of quality that he shows, even even for the penalty that he rightly earned and dispatched, he's so good in tight space. He's so good in tight space. And that whole idea that he dwells on the ball and things like that, like we saw him in a semi-final in the Champions League set up three goals in one touch. So again, these false narratives and these blinkers and all of that bullshit, like I can I can do without it. Like the kid is quality. He just has to show it again. Um, and tonight was for me like a glimpse that that player is still there. He just needs the opportunity and maybe the arm around him to get him back into into his groove. I'm with it. I'm with it. So if Ali uh, Ali coming back in and in other news, we secured the striker. Um, I don't know if I would, how do you pronounce this? Carlos Vinicius. Carlos Vinicius. Vinicius. Okay, yeah. So Carlos Vinicius. Has anyone seen him? I've 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 tuned into a few compilations, but I mean it's the it's the kind of thing where the guy just scores every single shot. So I'm not trying to get my hopes up like that, obviously. Yeah, I watched a bit of him at the YouTube stadium um, two days ago, and yeah, he was he was pretty brilliant. So, <laughs> no, I have of course I haven't watched him. <laughs> he plays he plays for Benfica against bums like six out of six out of eight times. I think um, from the comps he looks good. Um, I like his physical attributes. I'm so happy that we are not buying a bloody battering ram. He seems like he's someone who can play a target man role, but. He's actually got pace. He's mobile. He's got small, small tech. He's left-footed, heavily left-footed, but I'm, 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 I'm happy with that. And he's young. I'm so happy that we've dodged that equaliser, Troy Deeney, who literally just runs around kicking people and elbowing and thinking he's a, he's the, he's, he's the big Kahuna on the pitch. I'm happy we've dodged the likes of Lorente, who would literally just stand there like a bloody lamppost and just knock headers down. Finally, we've got a dynamic striker. Let's hope he bangs. All I'm saying is the last time a striker from Benfica came to this league with a lesser goal-scoring record than um, Vinicius, he plundered in goals and he's one of the best strikers in the league now, Jimenez. So, boy, if that's not good omens, then I don't know what is. Definitely looking good. And um, I guess on the transfer front, it seems like there's only one more position that we need to bring in like desperately before the end of the window. And that would be centre-back. Devon agree? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, Tots, do you know like where we are with that at all? Well, like, like Owen's, Owen has kind of been alluding this week that, you know, maybe we will go back in for him. And it does seem like Inter have said, <clears throat> oh, he's not for sale. This is a player that we would like to keep. Um, he has qualities that we like, blah blah. And top, yeah, well, this is screen, yeah, yeah. And Tottenham haven't put in a, a another bid since they were talking early, earlier on in the week. So 
you know, I think as well, I'm of the mindset that now that we've got that Europa League money basically secured, that we will put in another bid probably tomorrow, maybe the day after, and try and push this um, this deal forward. From what I understand, a lot of the the personal stuff has been has, has already been sorted. I think the player wants to come, but it's just about agreeing the deal with Inter to try and get him over the line. And I was reading that Rudiger could possibly be another option. You know, I'm not particularly keen on Rudiger coming to Tottenham. I um, don't think a lot of the fans would either. And I actually think he's he, he's over the hill in terms of his quality. I mean, if he's not good enough really to start or push Zuma or Christensen or whoever Chelsea have, I mean, why would we suddenly want to take him on at our club? Another player I've also heard that we're looking at is a Turkish guy at Juventus, Demiral, who I actually have always kind of liked as well, uh, but I'm not sure where that could potentially um, end. But definitely, yeah, centre-back, man. I mean, like, you know, we've spoken about Skriniar before on the pod. Like, I do think he's the kind of defender that pushes us um, at a different level, very aggressive, strong, typical Mourinho type of player. Um and I think there's lots of players who would put, maybe benefit to have a player like that play next to them. Players like Sanchez. Um, I think Tanganga could could fill in very well mm-hmm. playing next to a guy like um, Skriniar. Um, so that's kind of hopefully within, you know, the next few days before the transfer window gets closed. I mean, we can hopefully, like, get that one done. And with regards to Vinicius, like, I'm just happy that, like, we have finally got over the hump and got ourselves another striker. Like, I think it's so important that Kane gets this rest um, whenever he needs to. And also the pressure of being the only striker at the football club currently can hopefully be relieved. Um, as Tobes already said, you know, this is, a, this is a tall guy, agile, quick. He scores with both feet. You know, I know it is the Portuguese league, but he seems to score lots of different types of goals. Um, the one thing I like about him from what I've watched as well is that like, He's always in and around the box. And that's something maybe Kane has maybe slowed down in terms of the way he scores his goals, being in and around the box. So we kind of would be good to have someone who's kind of like a Defoe, someone who's like a, a poacher, who's happy to like be hungry and to fight for the, like, the opportunity to get into scoring opportunities. Um, he also looks at someone who brings in other players and that's kind of positive, taking into mm. account the, the kind of wingers that we have, like Bergwin, hopefully with Sonny, Bale, um, Lamella Mora. Um, so I think it's good. And he's at a good age as well. Like, you know, we've always spoken about someone not wanting to come in and be Kane's replacement. But this is someone actually who has lots of similar qualities to Kane, but also lots of different qualities to Kane. So I think that is massive for us. And if we could get him on a loan and then pay a decent amount of money next year, if he clicks, then I definitely, I'm not saying no. But I'm just happy that, you know, touch wood, it all comes in tomorrow that we have a second striker at the football club. That's all I care about. That's the thing I like most about the deal as well. Like obviously, I don't think anyone really knows too much about him, but the fact that we can just take the option to not buy him permanently if he is asked, then that's fine. I'm content with that. And um, I was looking at a little bit of a certain Italian journalist's uh, podcast earlier, Tier 1 Source, that um, he's always said apparently... Reno tried to sign and wanted Scrinio when he was at United and has always maintained, even though it seems like quite a cliche saying like most of summer, 
oh, he's always been the number one option and blah, blah, blah. So that gives me quite a bit of confidence. Now we've secured that uh, Europa League money that will probably go back in for him. Hmm? All £25 of that. Euro <laughs> <laughs> £25.99 will bid for him as well. Um, but we'll get it done, I reckon. Um, as soon as we can sort out some of these players that we're meant to be selling as well, like we've still technically got five first-team left-backs. We've got um, a homegrown quota, which I believe we need to sell two non-homegrowns to meet, if not one. But yeah, um, that needs to have a little bit more urgency coming in and then the money for that should level it out. Uh, is there anyone else that you think we need to bring in or centre-back centre back should be enough? This season, centre-back should be enough. I, mm. um, I would I would love a creative sort of attacking mid or like one of those like roaming sort of playmakers and to, to make it even a bit more sort of tantalising and be greedy, I would love a sort of backup DM or like a proper, proper number six. Like Hoybier is a good ball winner, but he's a ball winning sort of like central midfielder. I would have loved someone like a Thomas Party or something like that. Like a proper six who can spray the ball to literally take us that extra level higher. But I know I'm asking for way too much. So I'm happy if we just, if we sign a centre back, that's as good a that's as good a window I've, as I've ever seen. We us easily, have easily, in the Premier League easily. easily. So bring that setting back in, get Skriniar in, and let's actually charge for this top four or top three, even top three spot. Like, I'm if we get Skriniar in, I'm not just targeting fourth. I want us to be targeting third, and I want some silverware as well. Steve, um, speaking of transfer windows, what's what's going on over at your gaff? Are you just, are you just trying to... <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you have the money. Uh, you have the luck. You have the luck. You have the luck. Oh, man, I swear. Wood was looking funny in the light, man. I want to ask this as light. well. Like, I was wanting to speak to a, an educated United fan. Like, I, know, I can understand why they're trying to lowball a little bit for Sancho, but apparently Porto, according to the same... Italian journalist Porto only want like 18 M's for tellers and you're still lowballing them as well so I have no idea what Woodward's right. trying to know like everyone knows you've got money so I don't know why he's trying to be um, trying to be like Levy yeah like I d- it seems that that's the the path we've gone down like where we don't mind running the clock down until the last minutes of the transfer window if it's going to save us a few million um, it's it's crazy, man. I've kind of, I'm at, I'm at, I'm at my losses end with it now. Um, with with Tellers, I think because um, Porto are apparently in like financial trouble and he's got one year left on his contract, so he can sign for free in January. I think we're really trying to haggle the price down, but it just seems like 18 million for a left back who can get up and down um, is pretty good business. So I, I just, I don't know why we won't do the deal, but. Your guess is as good as mine, to be honest. I think, obviously, we're at the stage now where um, the Glazers are clearly taking like huge chunks of money out of the club um, and also using money to um, pay off like, our interest um, as well. So, yeah, we're, like, I think we are cash rich, but I think a lot of that is being burdened by our current owners. So, 
yeah, it just seems like more depressing transfer windows ahead, to be honest. I think a lot of our transfer business probably would have been dependent on um, us selling some players as well, which I didn't think it was. And I think Toby was gunning at me the whole summer for this. But yeah, I think I'm just resigned to the fact that maybe we're not the, the powerhouse financially that we, we thought we were. Or the powerhouse in general that you thought you were. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not coming on this one again. This <laughs> hmm. Come on, man. You, you didn't think that you were, you were going to come on this and we were going to stick it on you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Steve, well, you're Steve. playing on Thursdays. Don't worry, bro. <laughs> Steve, you've got, you've, got, you've got the stage. Like, why should, why should Spurs fair United this weekend? You shouldn't. Um, <laughs> I like this guy. I like it. I like it. Let me be real. You shouldn't. Um, <laughs> there's nothing in what we've done this season to suggest that we need to be feared whatsoever. Um, I think um, with Ole, obviously, he's got a certain um, style, which is. He puts the players, the best players out on the pitch and he allows their individual brilliance plus the pace of our forwards to try and swing the game in our favour. Mm. And he's kind of reliant on that to happen enough times in 90 minutes for us to exploit it and, and obviously go away with it, um, like put away the chances we get. I think um, the problem is like when we're denied space in behind and... Um, the midfield players aren't playing very well, which they aren't at the minute. I think we really struggle and we lack um, we lack ideas because there's no clear instruction on the pitch as to how we should play. Um, so yeah, I think I think to be honest, I wouldn't be scared of playing United at this moment in time. Obviously, we started a week after most teams. We haven't seemed to get into our groove yet. Like we will improve because we can't get worse. But um, I think this is probably a good time to play United, um, especially with our current um, set of midfielders as well. Bruno is not playing particularly well. Um, he's never been a midfielder who retains the ball, um, so he's always taking risks. Pogba, um, again, is not retaining the ball very well as well, and I think he's been guilty. I've seen it numerous times over his United career where he just loses the ball um, by trying to do too much, and now he's playing as a six, um, I think he's losing the ball in dangerous positions. And then, yeah, you just look at our team, to be honest, I don't think we have many people who retain the ball very well. And so when we get pressed, I think we're in trouble at times. Um, and so, yeah, we're not playing very well. Hopefully um, the weekend's better. We tend to do, um, we tend to put in better performances against the stronger teams, but yeah, I think it's just a good time to play United. And I think obviously Spurs, buoyed by the new signings, um, should be going out and trying to um, trying to get the points this game. But obviously you lot have defensive issues. So, um, yeah, if you get caught out by our pace, it could be a wrap for you as well. You know what? If this was a week ago, I'd be shit scared. 
Mm. But after they changed the penalty ruling, I'm a bit more optimistic. <laughs> 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 uh, you, uh, you should be scared. It doesn't matter what game it is. Bruno will find a penalty somewhere. He'll pull it out. <laughs> surely, we'll surely conceded all the penalties that we need we'll to see. this year already. <laughs> Bruno bloody Fernandez. That's his nickname. <laughs> Bruno Fernandez. Always, by hook or crook, he will find his way to slam a penalty home. But now, nah, all jokes aside, I think I'm not worried about... I'm not scared of Man United, but I'm scared. I'm not scared of playing this Man United team, but I am worried about Spurs playing at Old Trafford because I don't, yeah. I don't know what it is about that stadium. Mm. But yeah. whatever, whenever we go there, we just lose our asses. Like, we just lose our heads and lose our asses. And, and it's like... Sometimes we go there and we play and we just, or better yet, we go there and we forget to play. I've travelled there many a time and I've seen us get slapped. And I'm going on, on, on route to the game, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm optimistic. And then when I leave the match, I'm thinking, why have we like just decided not to turn up like this? And the yeah. only thing I can put it down to is that stadium just has a hold psychologically over some of our players. But I feel like now with no state, with no fans and so on and so forth, and us bouncing off that Chelsea win and then qualifying for the Europa, I'm hoping the players can literally find find some um, energy reserves, dig deep, actually try and go there and get a result. Because not too long ago, we won there 3-0. So please, summon that spirit. Lucas Moura, summon that spirit. He's coming, man. He's coming. So <laughs> United, though, I was going to say, um, like, as shaky as... Um, Ole's record is yeah we don't actually lose that many games um, so I know we drop a lot of points but by and large we tend to draw a lot of games rather than lose them so I think if you're looking or hoping to get the three points I think yeah that might be a push yeah not to put like a bad omen on it but I don't think we've beaten Ole yet have we no we haven't yeah. I think I think this would be the first time if we do beat him yeah. It's quite it's, it's it's quite a good time to play them. I mean, like I watched that bright, the Brighton game, and there was large amounts of that game that I, you know, I didn't really understand, like the way United were playing, the way some individuals were playing, um, players going in and out of the game. Um, you you are right, Steve, in the sense that probably this is probably the best time to play United if we if we wanted to get a result. I mean. Generally, away from home, I'm still always a bit worried about us. I feel like we are not as good as we once were playing away from home. And it's been a long time since I've been properly impressed by us playing away from home, especially at a big or top six team. Um, Do you not think some... that the like the effects of playing at home in a way are like diminished now because of the fans? Not mm. Well, yeah, absolutely. I I still that's, think that's a, a big, now. that's a bit, that's, that's, I think that, that definitely is something that we can now sort of discount and be like, you know what, you're going there and it's literally a match. You won't, you won't be affected by the people shouting or the atmosphere is literally going to be the 11 guys on the pitch against your opponents. And that, and hopefully I'm guessing that, you know, you're going to this sort of game thinking buoyed off the last week in which you've had, you know, positive results. We've played well in, you know, spells, and stat, we you know we stat padded tonight. I can't imagine where there's no reason why we can't go into that game um, positive. But 
as as Tobes also said as well, like Oli does sometimes sometimes seem to perform quite well in these in these big games. He seems to he seems to suit the way United play sometimes, the way he sets up tactically. And in these big games, you know, you're right, Man United very seem they very rarely seem to lose in these games. So it's very difficult for me to call. I mean, especially with the team and the, the turnover as well for the next few days. It'd be interesting to see how we do set up. But hopefully we can get a result, man. I mean, if Lucas can do what he did, uh, you know, this couple of seasons ago, I will not complain, man. I can't believe we're hinging our hopes on Lucas replicating. Shocking, mate. What is this shit? I, I oh, hope, mate. I hope Jose's been fucking with people and just, he pulled Sun out of the bag or something yeah, on man. Sunday. The last time, last time he went to Old Trafford, I remember last time we went to Old Trafford, he got embarrassed. He got embarrassed. It was terrible. He had a stinker. Sanchez didn't play well. Harry Winks was poor. Harry (sighs) Kane was poor. Like, literally, so many players underperformed. So, I'm just hoping, just get that out of your head. It's Sunday, you're playing Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, and you're playing a mediocre Man United side. Not squad-wise, but in terms (laughs) of performances, they are mediocre. So, please... Just... And for me as well, like the thing that's insu- sorry to interrupt you there, Tobes. Things that's also important, and I've mentioned it on the pod before, is that like sometimes it's the timing of like these kind of games. Because now, if you think about it, we've had this long week. We've actually had these last two weeks of game after game. We've been quite lucky as a club because we've been able to play games, get, get people fit, build confidence. But next week now, we've got the international break, so it would be like positive for for the team and Mourinho do as much as we can to get a positive result before the international break so that we can then go into national break knowing that we've got time for people to rest, hopefully come back injury-free, and then we can take on the next opposition, which I think is West Ham, I think, on the 17th, which is, quite, well. which, which is quite a while away. And hopefully, you know, Bell hopefully back by then. He's already mentioned Son being back by then. The timing of that and everything positively, positively coming back to that game could be good, but if we lose or we, we don't play very well, you know, going into a, a London derby on the back of that after having, you know, an international break of 10, 12 days, it then puts you in a different position from where you were. You know, we are in like the ascendancy at the moment and the league is still quite young, but we don't want to fall behind too much as uh, as, as the games progress, you know, in the season. Steve, where, where in, in terms of... Um how we match up against you guys, what would you say is your biggest strength and what would you say is maybe our biggest strength in, in, in terms of what will change the tide of the game? Um, I think, to be honest, um, like our, our biggest strength is, is our ability to counter um, at pace. Um, I think, yeah, that's... Like when you look at us when we're playing well, that tends to be what we're doing, catching teams on the break. Um, I think Mourinho will be aware of that and he'll try to deny us um, space. I mean, typically in the big games, Mourinho tends to play his, play his teams quite deep anyway. Um, I, I think I'd probably be scared of uh, Spurs' attack as well. Um, just because I, I think in is is um is Sunday Sun's not going to be fit, is he? 
No, he might be. He's injured. Mm. Richie might be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? If Son's not fit, then I think we... I, I, I genuinely think we can nullify um, your attack because I think... I fear Kane, um, but I think if we can nullify Kane, then Kane's not the quickest, which is obviously where we tend to get exposed. Um, if Son was to play, then I think then we've got a bit of a problem. Um but yeah, I'm not. I'm not scared about Spurs per se. Um, if I look at your lineup, I don't <laughs> think there's. <laughs> wait, wait, go on, say it. You don't think there's what? I don't think there's many killers in that team without without right, Sun. Cool. In Dumbele's playing. Cool. Bloody, let's stop with this in Dumbele nonsense. Bro. Oh yeah, stop. Oh, okay. It's on record, yeah. Everyone's heard that. It's on record. Stop with this. Come on, come on, come on. Listen, yeah, listen. Millie Rock. I can't all sorts of moves into your first eleven, bro. <laughs> <laughs> me being scared of Ndombele, like there's there's nothing Ndombele has shown me in the time he's been at Spurs for me to be like mm. I'm scared of this guy playing against United. That's not me saying that this guy is not a talented player. He doesn't have the ability. I just haven't seen it enough from him to for me to be like okay, like let's let's make a plan for this guy. Let's watch out for this guy. I think. Um, I think Kane's obviously the danger man. Son would have been next. Um, and Dombele, yeah, we're seeing it. But um, to be honest, right. I think it's, it right, might be run. Don't worry. We'll wait, we'll wait, we'll wait. I want to see Pogba versus Ndombele in the middle. Like, I just think it's, it's, it's Spider-Man versus Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like, don't, do, don't do Pogba like that. That's hard. That's hard. <laughs> That's a World Cup winner still. <laughs> <laughs> That's coming for me. That's bare harsh on Pog. Yeah. Do you know what? The, the, the one player I've always feared from United is Martial. Mm. One player. I feel like this kid gets gets so much unwarranted criticism, and even when even when he's playing at the heights like he was at the tail end of last season, people just like to put caveats to it. But it's a highly intelligent footballer, and he works so well in tight space that, like realistically, the way that we play, we play against those type of players, like we always end up seeing them just skip by our defenders. So that's the one guy who gives me yeah. a little bit of apprehension, but. The rest of your team is dead food, mate. Right. <laughs> I'm worried about Rashford. I can't wait. Yeah. I'm worried about wait. Rashford. I can't no, wait till Bruno steps up on the 12-yard spot and slams the hole. They look. They already paid for the penalty. They already paid for it. Count of mighty have fallen. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh penalties count, man. <laughs> but I think I think with Marshall and obviously our forward line as well. I think. Yeah, again, I think it's just like a matter of can we actually get them the ball? Um, I, I I wouldn't say I think Marshall's any more intimidating than, than Rashford or even Greenwood. I think it's just no, he is, they he is. can combine. I think if they can combine, then I think any one of them can be can be the player to cause the damage. You know what I mean? So I wouldn't I wouldn't solely focus on on Marshall, although I think he looks the tidiest of of obviously them three players. Um, but yeah, hopefully we pull it out of the bag. I think for us, we need to we need to let you man have the ball. Like, yeah. let you man have the ball and just catch one. Kane's going to drop in, drop in deeper and just try and suck Maguire in to positions that he doesn't want to be in. Yep. And as far as turn of pace, Harry Kane's got his number, mate. Like, don't, don't let it, don't let it fool you. Harry Kane will, 
put the burners on against Maguire. Uh, <laughs> Anyone can need to move those that refrigerator after that game. <laughs> well said. You know what, Sly? Just just on that as well. Yeah, I think I think we just need to look at the Southampton the Southampton blueprint, and we also in turn need to look at the Man United Crystal Palace game because United line was so high that game and I feel like with the way Ole Gunnar Solskjaer plays I don't know maybe I'm not sure maybe he might feel like he can play a high line like that against us with no Sonny and I think it'll be a big mistake as well um, even though we ain't got Sun, we got Bergwijn who can hurt them in transition we got Lucas Moura who can hurt them in transition as well so I'll be very shocked if Jose Mourinho doesn't try and deploy one of those same tactics like Sai said where Harry Kane drops deep and starts finding sort of like um un- uncommon sort of runners so be ca- be worried about that be worried about yeah, that that, on, on that, that would be a good tactic I think Bergan could could cause us some problems if he plays though isn't it? if he plays yeah if exactly. he plays yeah if I think um whoever plays sort of like at right back for us as well is definitely going to have um, a big, a big challenge ahead of them, depending on like who who plays on the left, whether it's Rashford or Marshall or, or yeah, there's a variety of people who could play there. But I think that's going to be one of the key jewels as well, especially like watching the game today. I felt like there was a lot of space between um, Doherty and Sanchez on that side that could be exploited. So hopefully that gets dealt with before we before we kick off. But um, yeah, I mean, listening to you guys talk just now, it's weird. Like, it feels like Spurs and Man United play kind of similar. Like, we both want to be the team, really, that's kind of countering, I guess. That's where we play our best football. Like, we don't want to be holding the ball, like, um, controlling possession for the whole game. Like, we, we like to be sort of in transition, doing our thing. And I think it will come down to who holds the ball like who has to hold the ball who makes the most mistakes I think it will come down to that Mm, I I wouldn't trust I wouldn't trust our defence but I also wouldn't trust um, their defence and some of their midfielders goalkeeper and their keeper yeah (laughs) what's happened today did uh, did what's his name did Lloris give him his flask you know what yeah (laughs) I've still got stops in the hair man I'm not gonna lie Wow, yeah. I think he's completely done as well, you know. But I just think he's been he's been playing too much like a bum for the past two years, man. Yeah, but I think I think now I think with Hendo there, it should put it should put some small cuppers bum this season. So hopefully we'll see we'll see the maybe not the um, craziness we saw from him. I think it was seventeen eighteen, um, but hopefully he'll get to a reasonable standard. And if he doesn't, then obviously he'll be dropped. So. Um, yeah, I'm not too worried about the goalkeeping position this season. Yeah, it's not a bad problem to have, really, is it? To be honest. But I think we're we're spending something crazy, like with Romero there, something like 600k a week on goalkeepers. Oh, yeah, oh. Henderson's on what, like 100k a week now. De Gea is on three seven five. Oh wow, you can count. Yeah, I mean, like, let's we can wrap up. Um, does anybody want to put their neck out and give us like a prediction? Yeah, nope. come on, United 3 1 bang. Ooh, that's right. <laughs> 
I'm calling you Joe Hart from now on, mate. <laughs> Add that to your keepers list. Um, boy, three two Spurs. Why not? Love it. Love it. Mm. Love it. Yeah, it's a hard one to even speculate because I genuinely have no idea what our lineup's going to be. I don't know who's going to play midfield or right back or whatever. But um, the Miller's playing. I'll tell you that for free. I was yes, thinking like he might be there to protect that right side because we're speaking about obviously United being so strong down the left. But yeah, uh, our right side could be Sus and Lamella might actually use his endeavour to protect us still. So um, I'll I'll say three two as well. You know. I want shades of someone, someone like a cult hero getting the winning goal, like Dempsey again. Just yeah. <laughs> um, I say two one Spurs. Two one Spurs. Yeah. I'm not saying. So, I'd say <laughs> Bird, Bird. <laughs> I, 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 listen. <laughs> I reckon Bergeron will score. That's he's nice, due. Nice. He's due a goal. He's due a goal. Yeah. Mm. I don't know what the score will be, but I think it will definitely be a high scoring game. Uh, yeah, six six goals, I reckon. Six or more. Oh, there's your sky bet tip, listeners. You <laughs> <laughs> just said four two Spurs, that's what it was. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then, boys, it's been a good one. And let's, let's hope it goes well on the weekend, man. May the best team win. Steve, thanks for coming on. You're welcome. Safe, Steve. Back, good having you, mate. All right, next week, boys. Don't come back, Steve. <laughs> bro, bro, you need me here, bro. Yeah. Come back up there, Aldo. Say hello to us. <laughs> I want yeah. Well saved by Heaton. Tonight's Davison Sanchez, Lucas Mora, and belted into the net. Brilliant goal. On debut, Tonga on Dombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh, yay! What a... The available AKG 36 speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360-degree sound, so you hear studio sound on the road. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Sports Social Podcast Network. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.